I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is Beating Fools. Barrett, some shake is big. Jets are three. this morning Jay Bruce texted my cousin I go Mike Jay Bruce retired does this remind you of something yeah Tulowitzki and he basically said exactly what I think was the nail on the head this is our season in a nutshell Yankees fans. <laughs> it literally is. I mean, our starting first baseman retired out of the out of, out of the middle of nowhere. Now there may have been some behind the scenes stuff going on. You know, he's obviously not played for I don't know five days or so in a row. Possibly more or less feels like it's been. You know. They went out and got Odor. Thought that was interesting. So, you know, it may have been like a mutual agreement that we don't know. But it's, it's, I thought Mike was spot on. This is literally our season in a nutshell. Our first baseman, our starting first baseman, filling in for one of the more productive hitters in baseball, retired. And then it got me thinking, who had a better Yankees career? Jay Bruce or Troy Tulowitzki? Now, I don't know if Tulo actually played in a regular season game. He may have, but I know he got hurt and then it was that. It was, it was, that was basically it. You could also throw in Chris Carter, you know, the reigning home run champion in the National League. What was it 2015? Then we signed him the year after that. Or was it 2018? We signed him. I don't know. I don't know. It's all like mush. And then he goes on and just tanks. He was so bad. I don't know. He might be the worst of the three. He was so bad we cut him twice. <laughs> but Jay Bruce retired this morning and, you know, I joke about it, but it's, you know, the guy was washed and it's not his fault. He had a hell of a career, very solid career. They put a graphic up on Yes during the pregame saying he had 14, I think it was. 14, was it 14 or 10? Because now I want to look. Um, either 14 or 10, 20 home run seasons. But now I want to be sure because 14 seems like a whole lot. I mean, uh, 10 is, is pretty damn good, too. But, yeah, he had a solid career. Um, let's see his final numbers. Wow, he played for a long... He played... He was in the league since 2008. Finishes with a 244 average, a 781 OPS. So, a solid line there. Um, looks like 14 to me. Wow. 14 seasons in the big leagues where he's had at least 20 home runs. He's had a few 30 dinger years. So, best of luck to him. Absolutely. Um, but it's got to be embarrassing if you're Brian Cashman, right? <laughs> These reclamation projects over the last few years haven't exactly gone great. I mean, I get they're all low-cost moves, so it's not like it hits you. But, like, I don't know. Maybe it's more humiliating for the fans because Yankees fans love to to buy these pathetic sell jobs by the organization and they hype up every new guy we get. They hype up every prospect in the organization first and foremost. And everybody, everybody we go out and get on the trade market or free agent market, we hype up and think there's either some lightning in a bottle or they're going to 
continue being who they were when they were in their prime, which is no longer. Like, the Yankees fans love to do that shit. Cash God, Cash Ninja. And, you know, when we signed Jay Bruce, I was, I was, I was seeing it again. They were, you know, oh, maybe he has something. No, I mean, I, I, I was totally expecting it. I basically said it. This is not going to last. He's probably not going to make the team past, I think I said, like, June, maybe. I think that was one of my... We had a podcast, a predictions podcast, heading into the season. And I'm pretty sure Jay Bruce was one of my predictions saying, I do not think I hit the under on him lasting a certain amount of games or whatever. I think I hit the under on, like, 50 games. So, there's one that I hit. But, again, best of luck to him in his retirement to retire at age 33 is, 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 that's the life, man. And baseball's a fun sport. You know, he had a great career again. And, um, but I'm sure he, he made the right decision. You know, like I said, he's a shell of who he once was. And, um, you know, I was watching the presser. He had, he held a press conference before the game today. He was in the dugout, but he was not, I don't think he was dressed. But um, he was pretty emotional in the presser. You could see, um, and he's a good dude. You know, I, he he's a good talker. He he sounds like he's got his head on his shoulders. And I would like for him to to stick around as you know as a coach or something. I mean, I don't know. He he was a cool dude. But best of luck to Jay Bruce, um, and we go from there, right? What's going on, everybody? Another day, another loss, huh? Um, I'm your host. RJ Carbone. Did I really just see that in the ticker on ESPN there? The NBA is seriously considering delaying the seasons because they're getting into fucking social issues and politics once again. I swear they are the, 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 the most pathetic, vile league. I mean, the sports leagues are all getting woke, but the MLB is even in on it now. But the NBA might be the fucking worst. Play the fucking game. Um... Hope everybody's enjoying the show, uh, enjoying your day. Welcome to the show. This is BD4, episode 235 of the podcast. Um, yes, BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We do Yankees episodes after every series, and we do Knicks episodes after every two games. So the next Yankees ep- episode will be after this upcoming Atlanta Braves series, two games. And this now the next Knicks episode will be on Tuesday night. We'll record it where they play the uh, I don't know. I got to check, but yeah, that's the rundown there. If you want to follow BD4, be sure to follow us on the major podcast feeds. You know, Apple Podcasts or you know iTunes. It's called uh, Spotify. SoundCloud, um, Anchor, that's our sponsor. So if you want to listen to it on Anchor, I suggest you could do that too. Um, YouTube, if you want to watch the podcast on YouTube, you can do that. Um, And many other platforms. Um, You can find all those platforms to listen and subscribe and download the podcast on. You can find where to follow me on social media and you can find my blog. All that is on one page. Just go to my link tree. That'll take you to, you know, it'll it'll show you the different links to all that shit I just mentioned. So if you go to my link tree, if you go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone, it'll take you right there. And that's going to head us into our first plug. We'll be right back. So really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media, even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash RJ Carbone. That is linktr.ee slash RJ Carbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. So I was watching the fight last night. 
Um, and we talked about this in episode 234, the next episode we recorded last night. And again, as I am recording, it is a Sunday night, April 18th. As you are listening, it's probably Monday, sometime Monday, April 19th. But on the 17th, on Saturday, I was watching the Askren fight with my buddy. And um, I don't know why I, you know, I expected it to be different the whole night. But like it's boxing has gotten so whack, man. Like I'm sure like I'm sure there are some good fighters out there, right? But like the the whole the whole thing, like my biggest gripe here is just this whole attention grabbing, money grabbing aspect of it all. Like it's gotten so dead to the fact that we're just getting a bunch of celebrities now. And like, do any of these, do any of boxing's bigger events ever contain actual pro boxers anymore? I mean, you had last night a YouTuber fight a 36-year-old retired MMA fighter. The co-main event to that was some retired MMA guy against some some somebody else who beat him. Uh, you know, Paul's most recent fight heading into last night was against Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. Really? You know, back in November 2020, you had the Tyson-Evander fight. Two guys pushing 60, fighting against each fucking other. You have Oscar De La Hoya, you know, a 48-year-old coke addict, announcing his return to the ring. I mean, this shit is getting so whack. It's getting so blown out of proportion now. Over the top. Durant left tonight's game with the thigh contusion. They cannot stay healthy, dude. They cannot say I don't think I've ever seen those three play together yet. <laughs> Shit. Oh, Bam out of bio hits the game winning jumper against the Nets. That's big. Just can't stand the NJ Nets. But like, dude, it's even more idiotic that their you know, that their viewership is so low, they have to regress to doing these pathetic sideshows. During these big events where they have all these celebs come in, they have all these gimmicks going on. They've got Justin Bieber performing. Pete Davidson, for some reason, was like uh, on camera most of the night during, you know, between fights. I don't understand it. Ric Flair was there. Obviously, Snoop Dogg doing his thing. Doja Cat. Like, this is just really idiotic. It's, it was literally, it was like watching reality television. <clears throat> oh my gosh, it was reality television. I'm losing my voice here. Like, I'm so thankful that MMA doesn't do that. UFC. The UFC doesn't do that. Like, their biggest events are actually UFC fighters. Right? You see MMA guys. A huge event coming up next weekend. Masvidal Usman 2.0. They're two MMA fighters in the, in the prime of their careers. You're not getting, you know random celebrities or, or former athletes of different sports coming in here and trying to do shit. And I, in the day that happens consistently, like it's been in boxing, I am fucking out. No. In between, like between fights in MMA and UFC, you don't get that nonsense. You don't get that whole you know, pop culture celeb, you know, jerk fest. Oh my gosh, dude. I, I know I sound like an old man, but I mean, come on. It's gotten like, it's not even, it's not even about the boxing anymore. It's about the sideshow that these, I don't know who, I mean, I guess if you're a younger generation fan, you love that shit, but Jesus, that's where it's regressed to, <laughs> to each its own. But I'm, I'm just saying it's, it, oh my gosh, it's awful. Speaking of awful, back to the Yankees. Um, <laughs> Aaron Boone, you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, I think I may have suggested this a while ago. I don't know if it was on Twitter or something, but whoops. the managerial position, wouldn't it be fun if it was ran like the election in an alternate universe, sorry, in a universe where, you know, this is all fantasy. If like every four years you get a new manager. And, and the fans would have to vote for who they want managed. There'd be a ballot of certain guys whoops, that you have to pick from. And fucking... And um, from that ballot, you, you vote for 
certain certain uh, candidates. <laughs> I'm just saying. Aaron Boone is in his fourth year. That's all I'm saying. It's the final year on his term if we were doing something like this. I actually don't know when his contract is up. But yeah, if that were to happen, oh, I would be voting like crazy. You would, I would be, a, if that were to happen, I'd be a political junkie. I'd even get my dead relatives to vote. And they sure as shit wouldn't vote Boone. <laughs> and I make sure there are IDs to vote too. Or is that, is that, uh, is that prejudice? <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I was like, huh, that'd be a fun idea. My cousins, uh, one of my other cousins has always been pushing to get Jorge in there. He want, he loves Jorge. He loves the fire and desire, which obviously Aaron Boone doesn't bring that urgency. But he's, I think he's with Miami too. He's he's over in Miami with Don and uh, and Derek. So they're doing their thing over there. So, yeah. You know, I was watching... Sunday Night Baseball just before it was the Braves and the Cubs and I think the Braves obliterated them gotta tell you I was enjoying it I was enjoying watching real baseball actual teams go at it having fun exciting plays young stars getting big hits dingers strikeouts ball was being put in play a decent amount it was a fun game to watch. Sure as shit wasn't like watching the Yankees. Steph Curry is on a tear right now. Yeah, and, but but they were mentioning something I really took interest in. And they brought it up. They were talking about if the Chicago Cubs are still kind of back. Because, you know, they've kind of struggled... To create that dynasty that they wanted after that 2016 championship. They haven't exactly been the same. Their team has kind of taken hits. But they were they were talking about it. They said if the Cubs, you know, if the Chicago Cubs, who I think is, uh, I think they're managed by um, David Ross, right? The former catcher. If the, if the Cubs are not contending, you know, a few months into the year, near deadline time. And they, they decide to blow up the team. And and if they do sell, should the Yankees look at Rizzo? Now, that'd be a perfect... I mean... Listen, he's a perfect guy. He's a lefty. Um, A-Rob was saying how he's not a player who fucks around with launch angle or anything like that. But he's got power. But he's also got the bat-to-ball skills. He's got the high on base like the Yankees like. He's a good vet. Been around the game as a championship ring. That would be great. But we do have Luke Voigt coming back from injury. Hopefully soon. So one of those guys would have to DH. But you got Stanton. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how that worked. But they were mentioning it. I just took interest in that. I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Um, but this, this Yankees team, I, I, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I can't do this anymore. It's just so tough to, to sit through this bullshit. Like, why, why does this have to, like, and it's, it's not too early. It is not too early. This is not seven games. This is not 10 games. It's not 12 games. We are, this is 15 games. We are 15 games into the season. 15 games into the season. Okay, that's a bit different than struggling after your first week or so. We are 15 games in. It's okay to be concerned. And it's okay to be concerned. Also because we have the same issues going on. It's the same exact problems. That's why it's okay to be concerned. We're not losing games by a run or two just because the other team happened to, you know, get an extra hit or two here or there. We're not even competitive. I mean, the 
the at-bats are listless. This lineup right now is pathetic. The pitching is suspect. The defense is very talented. The defense, that to me, our defense is where you can see this team's mentality really show. That's where you can really see that the Yankees are just, they look bored. That's where you can really tell this team something's not right. If you watch them play defense, the focus, the focus level is, is, is there even a level? I mean, Aaron Hicks looks completely uninterested to a point where do we consider going Mike Talkman at some point? Do we bring Brett Gardner back in there in center field as a starter for, for a bit? Some kind of shakeup. Where the hell is Estevan Florial? He's a lefty. I don't know. I don't know. You want to split up the righties? I, I, Aaron Judge, you know, he he his defense has regressed a bit. Is he healthy? You know, he's kind of he's Aaron Judge is deciding whether or not he should go after one here and there. Like he sometimes he decides to dive, other times he's not. He doesn't want to go 100% 100% of the time because he doesn't want to get injured. Is that really a good look? Is that really promising for the guy you're supposed to pay next season? He doesn't look exactly great in right field this year. Has Glaber Torres even worked on shortstop? Did he even work on it during the, during the winter? Because it sure doesn't look like it. Did that gold glove candidacy get to Clint Frazier's head in that 60-game season? Like, I don't know. I mean, that fucking throw today, that throw to the mound from right field, and, and the other day, in game one of the race series, diving for that ball with his glove turned down? I mean, he's doing some second-grade shit out there, Clint Frazier. It's really bad. Gary's been sloppy. He's now hurt because of his own stupidity. I mean, you watch that play. <laughs> can't say I don't blame him. Stanton can't play the outfield. I can't DH more than five or six days in a row without Aaron Boone having to rest him. I mean, it's bad. Teams, it seems like teams are figuring out the Yankees offensively. You know, they continue to attack us with a heavy diet of breaking balls. And they'll occasionally sprinkle in those fastballs right down the pipe. And we stare right at it. I mean, they're so unexpected because they're just giving us a heavy dose of, of curves that we just take these fastballs right down the zone without fucking hesitation. I saw a stat. I read a stat. I think somebody posted it on Twitter. I don't know who, but they had a check mark, And it said, the Yankees have so far seen 687 pitches in the zone and only 8% have turned into hits. 687 pitches in the zone this year. 8% are hits. How is Marcus Tim still here? I mean, I've been advocating for this guy to get the hell out of here for a bit. How is he still here? If this is happening at the end of April, and we're heading into May, and the bats still haven't connected yet, that something's got to Something needs to happen. Either Marcus Timms needs to get the axe or the nerds who are interfering way too much with what we do on the field. They have to go. We have to try something out. They, 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 we're not even playing baseball anymore, dude. Like It's just too much thinking, too much analyzing everything. You know, just go up there, put the bat in your hands, stand in the box, see the ball, hit the ball. Stop trying to draw walks because analytics say that they're the same thing as a, as a single... You know, they're obsessing over the BB. Something's got to change. Something has got to change. This is just disgusting. It's hard to watch. It's... I mean, the New York fucking Knicks are more exciting, man. They're more exciting. The Yankees just have this mentality where they think, Oh, we're going to win 100 games. We're going to get the division title. We're going to be in the postseason. And we'll, we'll we'll turn on the Jets there because we have that switch. You don't. They don't have that switch. 
They don't have that switch where they can do that. I'm sorry. I mean, this this team is not a clear-cut winner for the American League East anymore. The Rays are still good. The Jays are here now. They're staying. They're not going anywhere. They're only going to get better. Boston? I mean, there's always that one surprise team, and they're looking pretty damn good right now. You know, you're going to have to win at least 95 games with this division to 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 make the playoffs. I mean, shit. Let's go here. We've got to get our shit on the road. It's getting really bad. It's getting really bad, and I'm a bit concerned here. Yes, I am concerned, and I think you should be too. Guys, you're listening to BD4. This is episode 235 of the podcast. Um, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do that right now. We're on all the major podcast feeds. You can listen to us on all of those feeds, or you can watch the podcast on YouTube. We have Yankees episodes after every series, and we do Knicks episodes after every two games. So the next Yankees episode will be after this Atlanta Braves series this week, and the next Knicks episode will be after Tuesday night's game. But it's really bad. And we're going to talk about this series as soon as we get back from our break. Be right back. So really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. Lose another one. Uh, game one. Lose this one 8-2. I mean, here we go again, we're thinking. You have Nick Nelson as the opener. Uh, in the first inning, he gets tagged for back-to-back doubles. The second one's an RBI double. It's 2 to nothing after the first inning. A victim to, to some bad cause, but not a great start. Um, then Michael King... Pitches the next three. He shuts down the race. He was great. Um, later on the fifth, though, you have Brousseau. The RBI double. Uh, a lot of errors. More errors. More runs. Zanino gets a go. You know, basically just a terrible game. The Yankees are down 8 nothing, And Stanton gets one of his Stantonian meaningless home runs in the eighth inning. Makes it 8-2. to two. That's it. Good for you, pal. Cool. Nice. Great. Yankees lose. I think Michael King should have just started. I think a lot of people think he just he should have just started. I mean, the guy tossed six six scoreless innings in the um, what was it? The opening series after Herman's dud was it? Yeah, yeah. Please, no more opener, man. No more opener. It, I, I'm so sick of that. I don't even want to call it a tactic. That gimmick. Forget the nerds. Go be the damn Yankees. Don't try and be Tampa. Be the evil empire. Field a five-man staff for a change. We're tired of seeing this opener shit because you don't have enough talent in the rotation. Find a way to make this shit work. But don't do it with an opener. Did you guys hear the thing about Nelson? So he said in the presser he never felt comfortable in that situation as an opener. And you know, I understand because this guy's a career reliever. And I was I was reading about it and, and the Yankees didn't tell this guy he was going to open until the night before. And let me remind you this 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 is the night before. They had an entire off day prior to that too. I mean, pitchers need to know they need to know that shit. They need to know when they're going to start. A bit before that. That's kind of important. Then again, this is the Yankees, and you look at the way they hold that they handled that whole Severino situation years ago. But I found that pretty fucking crazy. 
So I can't blame Nelson too much for that. Just throwing him out there and, hey, you want to go start against a, a team that was just in the World Series last October? Lucas Litke pitched. Uh, he gave up some runs, but he, you know, at least he ate, what, he ate four innings for them, so gave them some depth. Uh, but just sloppy again. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy defense. I mean, it may have been the worst series of the year defensively. <clears throat> you had Clint Frazier again diving for that ball with his glove faced down. <clears throat> Excuse me. You had Aaron Judge diving for a ball he missed. And then you had Odor throwing away that double play to first base. <laughs> that was all in one game. That was all in one fucking game. The lineup was not good. It was dog shit. Three for 29. Three for 29 for the Bronx Bombers. Really? 14 strikeouts. Two walks. Not a single opportunity with runner in scoring position. It was bad. It was bad. There's nothing, there's nothing else you could say. Michael King was the only lone bright spot. And that was it. That was game one of the series. Eight to two. You get to game two of the series, and the Yankees pick this one up. Oh no, what's that? They lost. They dropped six. They dropped it six to three. This was Tyler Glasnow versus Jordan Montgomery. <clears throat> Second inning, Monty lets up a home run to backup catcher Mejia. One nothing race. Uh, DJ kind of ties it up. Kind of DJ ties it up um, in response in the bottom of the second with a you know. An RBI base hit off glass now. And it's one to one. Fourth inning comes and Margot hits the home run off Montgomery for the three to one score. Seventh inning later on, Lasagna in the game. Joey Wendell taking him yard. Five to one Tampa. Uh, bottom of the seventh, you know, Root Neto Door, first Yankee homer, gets it, uh, gets it off Springs, makes it five to two. By the way, Sterling's call. Odorific. So take that as as, as you please. <laughs> Odorific was his call for uh, Odor's first Yankee Dinger. <clears throat> so pitching change after that. Then you get Judge with the RBI double. The only time I've ever seen him come through in a big spot this year. Um, makes it five to three. That hit comes off of uh, McHugh, who came into the game. But then in the ninth inning. You know, they, the Rays tack on for a run. They get the um, Brousseau off of off of Justin Wilson gets the single. Then he advances to second on Higashioka's pass ball. I think it was ruled a wild pitch, but that runner ends up scoring from second once uh, Mejia gets the RBI double. So, defense once again. And the Yanks lose 6-3. to three. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Wilson and Lasagna not great. Three innings, two earned. Five strikeouts, uh, but uh, you know at least Monty was decent again. Gave them some length. Um, six inning, six plus innings, four earned runs, seven strikeouts. Uh, what I didn't like was that he probably would have had a quality start had uh, Captain Hook not pulled him in that seventh inning there with that leadoff walk. Um, that sucked, especially since Monty's a ground ball pitcher. He gets a lot of soft contact. But I think he did walk him on four pitches, so it's understandable. But I thought he was fun. I, I like what Monty has done. He's pitching exactly like I thought he would, which is, you know, he's a decent number four type of pitcher. Um, and that's fine, right? But the issue is that after Garrett Cole, having our number four be our second best pitcher is a problem. And that's not Montgomery's fault. That's, you know, Kluber. And Tyone, who didn't pitch this series, but they're off to, to poor starts. They're not exactly producing yet and holding up their end of the bargain. Um, at least not yet. You know, we'll see where that goes, but I'm not exactly confident, as you all know. Um, I don't know. It's it's not looking good pitching-wise, starting rotation-wise, um, outside of two guys. Game two was the, was the one where Yankees fans were throwing baseballs on the field. Um, listen, it's it's poor taste. It's not something you do. 
Uh, the fans who did it are ridiculous for that. Should have gotten thrown out for sure. Uh, I don't know. They're probably going to be banned. But um, I got, I'm not going to lie. I got a good laugh at it at the time. Just being in the heat of the moment, being pissed off and triggered at my team, I did get a good laugh at it. Um, and Michael K and O'Neal were, 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 you know, oh, this is terrible. This should never happen. And it shouldn't. But, like, they were talking about, like, they were throwing fucking dynamite on the field. Like, it's okay. It's just a couple of baseballs. It should not happen. But they'll be fine. You forget about it. You don't let those assholes back in. And we're good. We move on. I would have stuck with the booing. But... I'm just saying, I, I'm not going to lie to you and say I wasn't laughing a bit when I saw that in the heat of the moment. Um, but yeah, that happened. Uh, but just a bad overall game. Another bad game for the Yankee lineup. 13 strikeouts, 5 out of 33. 4 walks, 1 for 7 with runners in scoring position. And yeah, just looking back at it, you know, early on, you had Tyler Glass now on the fucking ropes. You had him on the ropes twice. You loaded the bases in the first inning, but Brett Gardner grounds out. Second inning comes. Uh, you had two runners in the scoring position. Second and third with one out. Aaron Judge strikes out swinging. Aaron Hicks lines out to second base. You had him on the ropes. His pitch count was near maybe over 100 pitches through five. But man, only one run? There you go. 100 pitches, 5 innings, 1 run. There you go. Is something wrong with that line? Something's wrong with that line. You throw 100 pitches through 5, there should not be 1 run on that line. Should be a bit more than that. But the Yankees couldn't come through. <clears throat> Excuse me. And again, you look at the other side of the diamond. The defense once again, for fuck's sake. He got Shioka had a pass ball. Torres botches Higashioka's throw the second on that steal, which Boone excused him for after that, saying, uh, you know, using a cop out, I just need to check the replay. You know, he likes to do that hobby tag. So it's a tough play. It's a bang bang play either way, he says. Just just bullshit cop outs. And then you get to game three, which was earlier this afternoon. And I said it, you know, I said it before in the blog. Um, I've said it in our last Yankees podcast. Once you start losing cold days, it's a problem. And here we are. We lose on a day where Garrett Cole pitches. Progressively getting worse. It's Cole versus Yarborough. Bottom of the second. The Yanks get on the board first. You got Stanton going up Otako. one nothing. Third inning comes, um, Diaz gets the RBI single, Margo the sack fly, and that was the inning where you know, Aaron Hicks has the two fucking blunders. Uh, he gets the shit read on that one fly ball, um, charged on it, tried to field it, bobbled it. The next one, he, he botches that throw to, fir to, to third base. I mean, then you get Clint with that pathetic-ass throw to the mound with the tagging runner. It was a shit show, dude. It... And the funny thing is, I don't even flip out when I see this anymore. I just sit there with a straight poker face because I am so used to this team being so fundamentally pathetic. They're an abomination as a baseball unit right now. So it's 2-1 to one raise after that. Fifth inning, off of Yarborough, DJ gets the base hit. Fortunately, that scores Geo from second. That ties the game at 2. But man, it did not feel like a 2-2 two two game. That shit felt like a 9-2 ball game. Just the way we were just coasting through this shit. Then the top of the seventh comes. Tasugo gets Cole. Gets the RBI double to make it 3-2. Cole eventually pulled for Chad Green with one out in the seventh. Chad comes in. He does fine. But it's Darren O'Day later in the ninth. Giving up that home run to Joey Wendell to make it 4-2. And that's your game right there. Yanks lose. Lineup, once again, does not come through at all. I mean, how many fucking hits did we have the entire series? Were we kept in single digits throughout all three fucking games? We were three for 30. We had three walks, one for four with runners in scoring position, which is our best in a long while. And we had 10 more strikeouts, which, you know, whatever. That's average. 
but nothing competitive again. Just lazy, lazy, lazy. Um, at least Garrett Cole was strong. Six and a third, two earned runs, and 10 strikeouts himself. Uh, he's got a 182 ERA through, what is it, four starts now? So, that's that. But guys, this is bad. This is really bad. We'll be right back. Fellas, so really quick before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. Look at this, man. Even the fucking Pirates and Brewers having an exciting game here I'm watching. They're showing the highlights of it. Top of the 10th inning, you got 6-5. to five. Pirates pick up the victory. Jeez, man. Reynolds had two hits. Do not tell me that's Mark Reynolds. Do not tell me Mark Reynolds is still playing baseball. Hold on. Wait a minute. There is no way Mark Reynolds is still in the league. Okay, that's not him. 2019 was his final year. Didn't he have a cup of tea? Yeah, he had a cup of yeah, a cup of tea with the Yankees in 2013. He was you know, he was 7.55 OPS. Must be different Reynolds. So, um, <laughs> it's bad. Is there anybody on the Yankees playing decent baseball right now? The Bronx Blues. They're calling them the Bronx Blues on ESPN. <laughs> but is there anybody on this team playing? Even like even our best couple of players so far this year have been underachieving to their standards, correct? Like you look at Aaron Judge, you know, the numbers are there. You look at DJ LeMayu, the numbers are decent. Maybe Gio Urshela, but to their standards, they've even been less than they've been in the past, right? Judge needs to start coming through in those big spots. I mean, I can't tell you how many big moments he's had late in a game, close game, where he's not came through. And again, he did have that big double in game two. But outside of that, there's been many moments where he's had opportunities to do things and he just could not cash through. DJ LeMayu, the same thing. The timing is off. He's rolling over pitches. Now, he's been a little better lately, but he's still, you know, he's not DJ LeMayu from his first two seasons with us. Gio Urshela. Um, you know, the bat's not exactly been as good as it's been. But I can't say I expect it. You know, he's... he's. It wouldn't be sh uh, shocking if he were to regress as a hitter. So long as he continues to play good defense. But that's my point. Nobody's really doing well. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton has 12 RBIs. But man, you can't be the cleanup hitter... Batting a buck seventy six with a three seventy three slugging percentage, you can't do that. His plate discipline from last October, which is the reason I've been laying off him a bit, it's not there. It's not there. Glaber Torres, who once looked like a budding superstar, headed to be one of those faces of the game, right up there with Acuna, I was thinking, and all those guys. He's been trending backwards. He's taken the Gary path since a couple years ago. After that big second season where he poured in, what, 38 bombs? He's not exactly been the most focused player out there on either end. It seems like only Glaber wants to focus. It seems like he only wants to focus in the postseason. He's heading back. What the hell happened to him, man? His body language looks off. He's... Lazily getting under every pitch and just soft, feeble pop-ups. What the hell happened to Glaber? I mean, this is my favorite player. But he looks awful. Aaron Hicks is in the three-hole because he splits up the righties and he walks a lot, right? Hasn't exactly been Mr. On Base so far. 
I mean, he's not really walking, and what good is he as as somebody who splits up those right-handed bats if he's not producing? He's not hitting. He's not walking. The defense, which is why the Yankees love him so much, has not been great in center field. It, it regressed a little last year, too. <laughs> Odor has been pretty bad. I mean, Tyro Strata should be here. They should have never got rid of him. But I mean, at this point, are you desperate enough to where you call back Tyler Wade? Because at least he runs and he fields well. And aren't those the two things we really lack right now? I'm just saying. It's just... It's just not a promising season right now. Obviously, I hope they pick it up. But again, that's a very, very entitled mentality to have to just assume they'll be fine just because you've seen them start slow in the past. As a fans, as fans, we need to see this shit to believe it. That's how I am. I'm not one who's just going to assume everything because that's how it went. Last year, I was the same. I assumed the Yankees would cruise their way to, you know, whatever the equivalent to 100 wins was in a 60-game year and win the division. They were, what, five or six games above 500 and barely made the playoffs. Thanks, you know, they probably would have missed the playoffs, I think, if it weren't for that um, new format they, they experimented with. I mean, that's what happens when you have that mentality as a player. And this team, they have that mentality once again. They're bringing it under Aaron Boone. And I just don't love the whole approach here. I do not love this team's whole approach Aaron Boone is is some lifeless puppet who is constantly bitched around by reports from the higher-ups. That's it, right? That's how it works. This this whole analytical system. We have an overrated GM in Cashman because Yankees fans keep hyping up every move he makes. We have... I'm not saying he's a bad GM. I said he's a bit overrated. We have... Basically, we've become an organization who bases everything they do off of our analytics team. It's sickening. It's a big turnoff. It's not baseball. And it's only getting worse. And you had Michael K. You had K. Um, K and O'Neill on the broadcast today were talking about this. They were pretty much similar shit. Um, how the game is so one-dimensional. How it's so home run or strikeout. How everything is based off launch angle and hitting it out of the park. And how walks are looked at as the same as you know hits. And... How it's all just bullshit and how how it's changing the game and how it's not an attractive product anymore as much as it used to be because you don't get as much action with the ball being put in play. You know, and if it does, it's sailing over the wall. And that's not just, it's just not exciting because the strikeout is not looked down on like it was back then. They were hitting the nail on the head. I was surprisingly very much agreeing with yes for a change. And they also touched on how excessive the Yankees are with their rest. You know, everything is prefixed. You know, it's a script. You have scripted off days. You have these scheduled days where you're not supposed to play. And they, you know, they're 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 loud about that. They admit it. They've got sleep doctors, they've got sleep schedules. It's over the top and it's sick again. And they were hitting on that too. I was very much agreeing with I was I, I have to say I'm not really Against what Kay's been saying lately, I'm listening to some of his, you know, his his radio show. I like him on there right now. Lately, he's I've been agreeing with him lately. I'm not gonna lie to you, but that's pretty much it, guys. The Yankees don't look good. They don't look like a, a they don't look like a baseball team who's supposed to win a World Series, right? That's our expectation. This team does not look close to ready when it comes to contending for a World Series championship. We are far from that. We have got a lot of work to do from now to the end of the year to become that product again. You know, we don't look like a playoff product right now. Forget World Series. We are 5 and 10, 15 games into the year. Things can definitely change. They can definitely turn around. We've got plenty of time. But that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. I don't like that mentality. That's a lazy, entitled mentality. As a player, as a team, you cannot have that. You've got to go out there every day thinking it's going to be your last game. 
like Jay Bruce did. <laughs> They're showing the Knicks right now on ESPN for a fucking change. Oh, no, never mind. They're only showing Zion's highlights. Fucking great, yeah. In a loss. <laughs> no, they're showing the they're showing the game highlights. Um Yeah, man. We are li- we are living in a time where the Knicks earlier today got a standing ovation after their performance. Throughout the game, the Knicks were getting standing O's. And then throughout the Yankees game, they were getting the Boo Birds heavy. I mean the Bronx jeers were coming in hard. We are living in that time, folks. It's 2021, and New Yorkers have turned against the Yankees, and they are looking at the Knicks. And I gotta say, gotta say I love it. Maybe it wakes them up. Maybe the Yankees, it kind of gives them a wake-up call. Get your fucking shit together. Do something. Make a move, whether that be a player in the organization or somebody on the staff. Again, Marcus Timms, I really don't like the guys, the guys coaching. He's supposed to be a hitting coach. I don't see a difference in this team's lineup, the way they attack things, since he's been here. They're the same offense. Now, eventually, I think they will hit a stride, but that's my problem. This is who they are. They're streaky, and that's good enough for the regular season, but it never works down the line. But right now, we have to see it wake up. Again, we can't just assume it's going to happen. It's time to start giving us these results. We're 15 games in. Uh, we finally have a game coming up that's not in the American League East. So maybe that changes things. It's a nice channel. I don't know. They're just not They're not beating anybody right now, man. They're fucking looking terrible out there. I'm tired of it. I don't know what else to add. So we're going to head to break. When we get back, we'll finish this off with the question of the day. It's a good thing I stopped putting money down on this team. <laughs> you know, earlier in the season when we just started and I was still in that euphoric mode, I was going hard on the Yankees on the money line and on the run line and DJ to pick up at least two hits. Judge to Homer. I mean, it's a good damn thing I stopped because they're not doing any of that right now. So it's bad. Don't want to repeat myself further. So. Let's get to tonight's NYY, NYK question of the day. So in episode 234, our last episode when we covered the Knicks, I asked you guys, who was the Knicks' second round pick in the 2010 NBA draft? And the answer to that question, Landry Fields. Yeah, Landry Fields, 6'7 wing. Started his career pretty nice with the Knicks. 10 points a game. Shot the three ball pretty decently. Pretty decent player for a bit, but then he, you know, I think he was, he traded a bunch of times, ended up with Toronto, didn't have a very long career, and that was it. But Landry Fields is the answer to that. Landry Fields was the Knicks' second round pick in 2010. So that was the answer to 234. Now, tonight's episode, or as you're listening to this sometime during Monday, our episode. 235's NYY NYK question of the day. Which pitcher went 10 and 0 for the Yankees in the 2005 season? All right. Which pitcher went 10 and 0 for the Yankees in the 2005 season? So you can message me the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can comment the answer on the post once I publish this podcast. And um yeah man, that's that's it for this one. This is uh it's unfortunate that we still haven't found a rhythm yet. And I can't say I'm I'm exactly optimistic here. Things are looking like a sh- it's a, it's a shit show. It is a shit show. It's pretty depressing. Nothing looks good. Um I'd rather watch paint dry right now because this team is just so fucking boring. But that's that. 
Atlanta's coming up. Let's look at this schedule because I want to see who else we have. It's a, it's a quick two-game series against the Braves, and I'm not sure if it's home or away. have to assume it's on the road since we have an off day, but I don't know if Interleague is starting up that quickly. Yeah, it's home. So we've got two 6.30, uh, two 6 o'clock games, 6.30. Two 6.30 games starting on Monday. I'm sorry, starting on Tuesday. Is the first one, and then there's one on Wednesday, and then we go to Cleveland for four games. And Cleveland's a good ass pitching team. We know that their hitting is pretty dog shit, but they are a good pitching team. So the Braves and the Indians are no slack. Then we have the O's to close out the month of April. Um, and we start up a Tiger series on the thirtieth, the first, and the second. Yeah. I mean, we got to start winning. We got to start winning. Guys, thanks so much um, for tuning into this episode of BD4. This is episode 235 of the podcast. Again, I am your host, RJ Carbone. And um, I appreciate you stopping by and listening. I'm going to go. <laughs> I have to, well, obviously, I have to edit this episode. Um, then I got to publish it and all that stuff. And then I'll post it on social media. But again, as you're listening to this, it's already happened. Uh, but I got class tomorrow. It is a Monday tomorrow. As you're listening to this, it's Monday today. Um, yeah, I got class. Uh, there's not one of the rare days is Monday going to be where there are no Knicks or Yankees on. So that's going to suck. But um, as soon as I finish class, finish my assignments, I'll be working on the recaps in the blog. So you can definitely check out those recaps. You know, again, uh, if you haven't subscribed to my blog yet, we cover the Yankees after every single game and recap each game in the blog. And we do the same exact thing for the Knicks. Cover every game. We recap each game. Um, as, as for BD4, episodes every series for the Yankees and episodes every two games for the New York Knicks. We just did our episode 234 on the Knicks defeating the Pelicans and the Mavericks. 235 will be out soon. That is an, uh, I'm sorry, 236 because this is episode 235. 236 will be a Knicks episode where we will cover the second Pelicans game and then cover the game that takes place on Tuesday, which I forget who the Knicks play. Let's look that one up, too. They're on a six-game streak right now, man. They're playing good ball. Knock on wood, because we hope it continues. So they play the, oh, the Charlotte Hornets, um, 7.30 on Tuesday. So Hornets have been hitting the skid lately. So obviously they're a bit banged up. Uh, they have no more LaMelo ball. Devontae Graham, I think he's healthy, but he's having a down year. Um, so... Take advantage of that. And we keep taking advantage of these games outside that West Coast trip, the Knicks. That kind of helps us give us some, you know, some leverage here, some some leeway. You know, if we don't exactly have the greatest West Coast trip there at the end of the year coming up in a few weeks, then it's all right because we've been winning games outside of that. But hopefully we can win as many as we can. Um, as for the Yankees, again, same shit. Let's get our fucking act together. It's bad. It's really bad. So, guys, sorry to keep rambling, uh, but that's uh, that's going to do it. I'll end it there. If you've stayed and stuck around this long, really appreciate that. That's awesome. Um, but this is episode 235 of the podcast, BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and I'll see you in 236. Thank you guys so much for checking this one out. Always appreciate it. And I'll uh I'll see you then. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.